Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Coping with Crisis. Uh, This is such an important issue. I invited a very special guest, Daniel Huerta from Focus on the Family. Now, he is Vice President of Parenting and Youth. One of his initiatives is to help mothers and fathers with biblical principles and counseling for raising healthy, resilient children. I specifically asked him on the show today because I love how he likes to, you know, help parents learn to communicate, resolve conflict with their children, uh, really emphasize spiritual growth and discipline, help them with managing stress and anxiety and depression and media discernment. He has such a treasure trove that I think we could talk for hours uh, and that's why I asked him on the co- on the call today because this podcast is dedicated to equipping you, and I want to bring you the best of the best. And I know Danny is really focused to that, so please give a warm welcome to Danny Huerta. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Hey, you know I loved reading your bio and what you do for Focus. When I was at Focus on the Family and doing a recording for Parenting Beyond the Rules. I really love the heart and spirit behind the ministry, really wanting to equip parents because they, you know, it's hard. And when we are in a crisis situation, it just, it just kind of like multiplies everything to the 10th factor. And that is an important topic. So with you and the areas that you're really skilled at, let's talk about conflict resolution. Uh, Let's talk about the anxiety and the depression and like, how do you communicate? Because honestly, in a crisis situation, parents don't usually handle the stress and conflict. There's moments that are difficult. Children don't know how to handle things. In crisis situations, it can just be harder. What would you say to a parent who, you know, they've settled in, we're in the middle, at the time of this recording, we're dealing with the COVID crisis, and, you know, we've been in this for a little while. People are starting to get cooped up. Kids are uh, just, you know, not attached to their friends at school anymore. They're now faced with being at home. Mom and dad are faced with being at home. Dan- Daniel, I know that you have quite a bit of experience with this. So in essence, to just kind of respect your time and deep dive quickly, let's talk about the families that they're hunkered in and they're starting to get a little restless. Could you speak a little bit to communication and conflict resolution as it relates to anxiety and depression and stress that maybe some parents and even children are experiencing? Yeah, it's, it's quite a reality for lots of families right now with uh, news feeds that are presenting different types of things that are happening across the world. Uh, it can really trigger uh, some big fears and anxieties from a, a parenting standpoint, uh, not knowing how to plan for the next day, uh, showing up at grocery stores and having uh, some empty shelves, just a lot of unknowns that are hitting parents at this time. And then kids asking questions. And as parents, uh, we may not have all the answers to what they're asking about. And so it's okay as a parent to say, you know, I don't know, or 
uh, how about how about we pray about that or how about we investigate that or um you know maybe we'll find out down the road it's it's okay to be a very real parent you're not going to be a perfect parent in this time and really what what you want to uh, consider is that each child is interpreting life differently and so the the very first thing for parents to do is to just shut off the the news for a while uh, and and be present that's one of the words that I, I like to continually use, be present with what's happening inside of you and understand it. What's, what's, what, what emotions are you getting? What thoughts are you getting? And then what's happening in the life of each of your children and maybe you and your spouse connect as well. Uh, that, that's the first step for, for parents. Just take, a, take an inventory as to what is happening uh, in your home and then go from there. Oh, I love it. I love that you started this off with consider your child. Um, you know, oftentimes parents, because they are more mature, they've been through a few challenges themselves, they're able to cope, their coping mechanisms are greater, they're, they're able to understand, you know, the necessary sacrifice that everybody is making, whereas young people and children, depending on their ages, and I would like for you to kind of maybe give us a point of what do you do if, if you've got a younger child, and I know you have several children yourself, um, what do you do if they have, if you have younger children, middle school children and high school children, how would you, uh, dis- you know, go about it as a parent discerning their stress or anxiety level? Yeah. For younger children, first of all, you, you want to know they're going to feed off your emotions and your responses as to whether or not this is a scary event. And then they're just going to want to know what they can do, uh, what's in their control. And that can be, Hey, let's wash our hands so that we can um, just uh, prevent this from continuing to spread. Just give them some ideas of what they can be doing in the house to be helpful. And, and then uh, if they're acting out, maybe say, hey, what, what thought created that behavior? Uh, what are you feeling inside? Help them uh, be able to look inside uh, if they need to. And then with middle school kids, they really want to know how this applies to them. How, when, when are we going back to school? Uh, how, how am I going to do school now? Can I see my friends? Uh, how's this going to affect our house and, and, and us? Can we go to restaurants? So there are going to be a lot of questions mm-hmm. around how this is impacting who they are. And so as a parent, step into those, answer those questions, and then uh, maybe ask them for some ideas of what they think uh, would be good ideas in response to adapting to what is coming to, to the house and what reality is in that moment. Okay. And then this is going to be, it's going to be great for them to know how to, how to handle today. And then for teens, just really make it, uh, a, a, a conversation about perception and, and, uh, and, and really the, the opinion of what's, what's happening. Teenagers will definitely articulate their anxieties or will become quiet and withdrawn. And so you want to, you want to step into that and maybe initiate the conversation with those. So kind of recapping what you just said, you know, the first point as far as, you know, like shut off the news, just, just be careful uh, of what the news is, is playing, uh, what triggers might be impacting your family. Uh, you made some great points on that. Uh, if you've got younger children, you're just talking about, you know, you're, they're going to feed off of you. So if you're stressed and you're worried and you're anxious, then what you're saying is the younger children will feel that too, Correct. Yes, that's correct. That's and, correct. And you said, you know, ask them how they feel. That's, I think, a gift 
uh, that we have, and that is time right now. I mean, Americans are so busy running to the next thing that they really haven't had a lot of margin, but I see this as a wonderful opportunity for parents if they, you know, take advantage of it to allow their children to learn how to express what they're feeling and how it's impacting them. And that's kind of what I heard you say as well. Um, And then I love what you said about the middle schoolers. How's it going to apply to me? I mean, it's not that your middle schooler is bad, but they're children and they're in the they're in the process of growing up. So I love what you said about tell them how it's going to apply to them. And I would probably say you would say you would let them know their role in society as a citizen. They have a role. They're not voiceless. They're not just children with no impact as we're clearly seeing in every crisis, every family member and every generation has a part to play. Would you agree with that? I would. And, you know, with middle schoolers, especially boys, they want to know how they can be the superheroes, right? The mm-hmm. helpers, the what, what, what's in their control, what can they do? So give them some of those for your home. Uh, give them some some jobs, some ideas of what they can be doing for the home to, to go well during this time, uh, because you could get some great ideas if you engage uh, engage them in that in that type of role in your house. You know, you brought up a great point, uh, especially with media discernment. I am a social media, I've, I've done social media since 2009, but I always was on the corporate side of things, like how does a company reach their audience and how do they craft messaging? And then I wrote about it in, the, in my book of, about teaching your children to have a positive social footprint. Would you encourage or recommend that parents take that and teach their children, especially, well, not young children, but middle and high school, that they do have a voice, they can make a difference, and using technology within reason to help others, their peers, um, work through their own feelings or calm them down or give their friends uh, a place to congregate and use it for good. What do you think about that? Yeah, in fact, my, my daughter is 14 and my son's 16. And, and we did talk about uh, sending texts to some of their friends and then uh, just encouraging one another, maybe sending some verses during this time uh, to each other. They did gather in small groups together this past week to to pray together, to do some, some Bible reading. And I've noticed my kids doing more Bible reading this week than they have ever in the past, just because right now we're at home and uh, they're they're leaning in. So what a great opportunity. It's an invitation that we have right now from our Heavenly Father to, to trust in his steadfast love and his faithfulness to us and to talk openly about that with our kids. Uh, because as we're talking about emotions, Connie, in, in middle school and high school, emotions can be very raw mm. and emotions come up in response to thoughts we get. They're Usually the emotions make perfect sense mm-hmm. with the thoughts we're getting. It's the thoughts that, that that initial interpretation or the attitude that comes up is really where where the battle begins and the emotions just follow that. So you want to trace back be, beyond the emotion and uh, and let your kids know that, hey, let's explore that emotion. If, if they if they're saying, man, I'm really nervous or I'm really afraid. OK, well, let's let's take a look at the picture you're seeing in your mind. And, and how about we talk about that instead of the feelings so that we can really explore how you're interpreting, because there may be another way to look at that picture of, of, of what you're looking at and, and exploring that 
uh, together and having patience. That's another word I use a lot, patience uh, in, in, in the conversation, especially with middle schoolers and high schoolers. And then what they can do is from that, be able to talk to their friends. And my daughter, my daughter did, uh, she made a bunch of uh, little sticky notes right before uh, she's been working on it for a couple of months to mm-hmm. give to everyone in middle school, a little uh, uh, quote for their, for their lockers in, in their friends for a little Bible study. We're going to put it all on all the lockers in their middle school. And now they couldn't do it. They were going to do it over spring break. So I said, Hey, you could take a few of those and take pictures, snap them, and then have, have uh, your Bible study begin to send those to the kids in your class and just encourage one another. This may be a good, good opportunity for connectedness at a deeper level other than just hello in the hallway. Oh, I love that. I love that. And in many ways that helps them share their faith. Uh, and, and, a because, you know, sometimes in person, it's a little harder when you're young because you're so, you're concerned with the kids around you, the peers, what might they say, or will I be bullied? But what you're saying is really to take this as an opportunity and to help your children realize the impact that they could be making. Perhaps there is another child that is very depressed and feeling quite isolated, and perhaps their parents aren't as involved, and they're not helping them walk through this situation or any hard trial, because we know trials are going to happen. But you're saying, teach them how they can come alongside someone else and point them to the Word of God so that they might feel hope-filled and know that, you know, God is, God's still there. This didn't catch him by, by surprise. No, my daughter, she, in fact, yesterday she said, hey, my friend, she's been talking about this friend from school that um, has had parents that are really struggling in their marriage. And there's mm. been a lot of verbal back and forth between mom and dad. And my daughter had approached this couple, couple weeks ago and said, hey, can she come and live with us? Because she's, really not doing well in her home and now here they're quarantined to their home that's in turmoil in complete battle and she i got a text from this girl last night that said you know it's not going well with my mom and dad here uh and so she said hey is there a way that we could uh just have her come over for a little bit or 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 we get together she just she's wanting to reach out that uh we we have a great opportunity to bring god's love and to help where we can and this is uh, this is it's a rough time for some families that have some very true problems, either in the marriage or just relationally in general. And now now they're they're spending hours together. And so, if if your home is doing pretty well, to reach out, like you said, maybe a text or something that's encouraging, praying for them, or something very practical, where either it's uh, it's a meal or financial help or uh, help with toilet paper. <laughs> or, or maybe maybe help with. Uh, we have one on our team actually that said, "Hey, I've run out of toilet paper. Does, oh, no. does anyone on our on our team have any toilet paper?" And he's a he just moved here and joined our team and has young kids, and so we're rallying around and trying to gather toilet paper for him. So they're just practical things we can be doing for one another. This is a great opportunity for one anothering, and so be on the lookout for that as well. Oh, I just love what you said, one anothering. That. That All right, if you guys are listening, I know you're folding laundry or you're dealing with a hundred other things, just write that down. One anothering. Teach your children to think outside of themselves. And even mom and dad think outside of their current situation. Uh, that is... 
that's just so important because when you are, when your kids are older and mine are all now adults, I am loving watching them. We, we walk through the 9-11 together. This is one of those moments in, in history where, you know, I don't know if you're dad was, if your parents were like this, but you know, the old adage, I used to walk up and down the mountain in snow five miles just to get to school. I think that's like a a paraphrase of it. You know, I live in Florida, so I knew there was no snow and there certainly aren't any mountains, (laughs) (laughs) but this is, this is going to be a defining moment for your children and for your family. And Mm. this is an opportunity for you, for you to help your children become the hands and feet of Jesus in a way that they've probably never been able to see, but they can see the direct impact and result of of them saying, you know, I'm a little concerned myself, but when I shift my focus off of me and my circumstance, and I realize there are others that maybe they don't have a paycheck. Maybe, like you just said, there's, there's real marital discord or even you could have a teenager in the house and there's real discord if they're not happy by this current situation and they're wanting something different and they don't understand it but when you focus on um, others and you teach them to be servants in small ways toilet paper I I stocked up on a bunch of stuff as well for Mm. for that very reason I just yeah. I may not be able to come to you, but I can put it at the end of my driveway and swing by. Uh, you know, it just depends on what happens where, you know, wherever we are. But I loved right. what you said there. And, you know, with you having a daughter 14, uh, going back to that creating, defining moments, so often we have to look for or create memorable moments because our life's so busy. But this kind of came at us, and your children will one day tell their grandchildren how mom and dad maneuvered this particular situation or what they themselves did. And that's pretty powerful, don't you think? Oh, it is. It is. And one of the, uh, another, another big word that we've been using as a team this year, uh, ironically so, is the, uh, the word of invitations. Um, what invitations do we have? And we're going to actually, in fact, to bring your Bible to school and live your faith challenges. We're going to next year or next year, next week, actually have a video a day that shows one invitation at a time. One invitation that I'll tell you about is time. Mm -hmm. And right now we're given that opportunity to spend that time together where there aren't those extra demands of sports, school, and people going out of the home. You get to spend it inside your home right now. And uh, it's about spending it well, spending it wisely. Uh, And maybe that's setting up some good structures, some resets in your home. Maybe it's a check-in as a family. Hey, what's going well for us and what's not? And starting to write those down so that you can really hone in on the things that aren't working well and, and figure out why they're not working well. Maybe the question is as well, what what do you need from me to make things better here in the home? And opening up with one another, this right now is a, a great invitation to do so and have maybe this become a regular process for you and your family to, to check in, have a notebook where you have those check-ins to make sure that you're addressing the things that are dividing your home or that are being misunderstood in the home. Uh, And then uh, looking at the invitation of of laughter together, you're going to be able to do some of that. Maybe this is a good time to pull out board games that you haven't had had any time to to, to play together. Uh, my daughter brought up Twister, and that is a hard game <laughs> as you get a little older. I think I might have a hard time with that one. 
Yeah, that would, I, I might get hurt. Uh, she wants to play again. She left it out. So, and then we were playing the game of life and uh, just talking about the reality of life and the, the twists and turns that we focus on today. And God has told us to do that. There's enough, there are enough worries today that to look at and to, to be engaged with. And we talked about the word present and uh, the present moments. Uh, another word for that is gift. And so we're given the, the gift of the opportunity to focus on today together and to be present, to be gift to one another in the house. And then from there, out of the outflow of that, we can really create a feeling where we can either now or when this cri- the, the crisis subsides, where we can be a gift to others because we've really addressed the core, which is our home, so that out of that, there can be a, a, a love and an outflowing of, of the spirit. Um, okay, here it is. It's, yeah, it's John seven thirty seven, And, uh, I love it. It says on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. I just picture him crying out. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Mm. Uh, and that is, that's just a beautiful picture as we fill our homes and as with that love of Christ and the forgiveness and the grace that comes from Christ as we're preparing for Easter and most likely having Easter in our homes as a family. This is a great time to talk about what, what our faith is, why it's there, and the brokenness we have in our own home, but the opportunity of, for healing and for grace and to focus on building and rebuilding and that under construction piece of our home instead of just putting fences and having fences all over our home, how can we begin to build in one another, notice what God's doing within our home, and then make connections in our home? It changes the whole dynamic. Um, we were talking uh, previously, before we, we went on air, we were talking about tensions in the marriage, and you mentioned uh, your daughter's friend. Nothing like a good crisis to expose our you know, selfishness or our impatience or just the fact that maybe our marriages aren't what they were, uh, what they are supposed to be. You know, the marriages have to be solid and there's some things we can do in this, in this situation that can help us shore up or work on what, give me a couple points that you would say to, you know, uh, mom and dad that's listening that may be thinking, but you just don't know my husband. Or you just don't know my wife. What would what would you say to help them right now? Well, first I'd say yeah. There's there's no there's no easy answer, but I'll, I'll give encouragement to the fact that uh, there, there's always hope for for every relationship. And if two people are willing to stop and listen to each other, and that's the first step, uh, the, right there, that, that alone, if they do that one thing of just listen first to each other's heart. And, and what the what the pain points are, what they see as good things, uh, that can be a, a fantastic start because then you can go from there. You can uh, just personally you yourself address in the mirror what what's going on inside of you that you where you're causing issues in the marriage. And then look at the, the strengths you bring into the marriage and accept those and own those well and, and give those as a gift to your family. Uh, I remember one of the times with my wife, we were. Uh, actually on a vacation and we had shut down our communication. We were upset at one another mm-hmm. and we had, we had become silent. And I said, 
I was just, I was praying. I said, Lord, what, what do I do here? This was supposed to be a fun time. I'm a therapist. <laughs> What's going on? And, uh, and then I went to my wife and I said, you know what? We're the, if we want a, an amazing marriage, it's really up to us. It's you and me. It's no one else. We get to God's in the middle of this. And that means there's grace and forgiveness to each other. There's steadfast love that's available to us. And really it's up to us. And I want to have a 10 type of marriage, not a five or a four. Mm. So what do we need to do? And then it opened up the conversation where I put the bridge out and she felt like I had listened well to her. And then she uh, was vulnerable as well and put the bridge out. And we had a wonderful vacation after that, but it took a moment of us defining the moment and really uh, being humble towards each other and owning what 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 things we were bringing to the table and that takes a mirror moment and sometimes uh that pride can get in the way and that's really what gets in the way of you being able to have an amazing marriage and so the question i ask guys and 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 wives is why not why not have a great marriage half of it's up to you i mean really you get to you get to mold your marriage the way it needs to become and a heavenly father's waiting to bless that and be a part of that and it's going to be imperfect and that's the depth of love that you get to dip into you know we have such a multifaceted thing going on when there's a crisis especially as it relates to right now with the coronavirus and the confusion and the fear and everything being shut down i mean i i live in orlando florida we are a highly touristic type of community, you know, so if you want to get away, you go to the beach. Well, no, you're not going to the beach. You can't go to any attraction. You can't really go anywhere. And this is a great, uh, it's a, it's a opportunity. And I know I love what you have said. I just want to recap some of those where you talked about one otherness. Did I get that right? One anothering. One anothering. Okay. One anothering. Good. I'm glad I had you repeat. I'm glad I had you repeat that because that's an important one. One anothering, an invitation, you know, asking people, asking each other how you're doing, telling them how, I mean, how they're doing, how you're doing, an invitation to speak freely without the overreaction, which that can happen. We can have a little bit of a short fuse and they can say just the wrong thing at the wrong time. And, you know, we react wrongly and then we go to bed at night crying because of what we said, or we're frustrated because we missed an opportunity. And I I think I would add one thing is giving yourself some grace. I mean, having the realization that we're going to have great shining moments and we, then we may stumble and fall, but there's always a way back. And you touched on this, having forgiveness, forgiving mm-hmm. yourself, forgiving your spouse, forgiving your children if they don't respond properly or if they don't, you know, follow the new routine that you've established. You also <laughs> talked, uh, you also talked about being present, you know, that those present moments, how that is such truly a gift as you expanded on that point And as it relates to marriage, and it also, I think, goes to parenting, uh, I have a chapter called Listen Up in my book. You've talked about this several times, and I kept picking up on it, where it's not just the words we say, it's the body language. You talked about the silence. (laughs) You know, silence can be golden, but it can be deadly because it can communicate quite a bit. As it relates to your spouse and as it relates with your children, they may be saying, screaming at the top of their lungs, in a silent way. And we have to be perceptive. And as you said, you know, 
go to them and ask them, hey, what's what's going on? Perhaps I said something that didn't land in a tender place of your heart. Uh, I and then you talked about you know it really takes it takes humbleness it takes humbleness for us to make this work it takes the reality uh, that just unfortunately we can't be perfect and you know as somebody who I would love to be perfect I mean that would just be like my <laughs> dream <laughs> but yeah. I just I just can't you can ask any of my nice. kids yeah. and they'll tell you you know all of my faults <laughs> but you know it takes that willingness and you know to be honest with you Daniel I you know my kids are are all adults I have five children and one lives at home the other four three are married and the other one lives gently, you know right up the road but I am finding that communication is key there'll be things that I text or that I will say or not say and because everybody's on high alert it, it may not be perceived right and I just love that point of, are you willing to listen? And if you perceive something like that, don't ignore it. Uh, mm. That's just so important. So yeah. you kind of ended with the why not? You know, why not have a great marriage? And I, I also, could I also add to that, why not have amazing relationships? Why not use this opportunity where you have no distractions, no no teachers, no friends per se. I mean, you still have devices, but you really just have y'all. The most important family unit, the unit that God created and established first was the family unit. This is an awesome opportunity to shore up those relationships and to teach them how to navigate uncertain times. As we wrap this up, because I want to be so respectful of your time, and I think I could just ask you, okay, let's talk about anxiety, and let's talk about all these other <laughs> things. Uh, I just would love to unpack all of those with you, but I want to be so respectful of your time, because I know you're just, you're like everybody, you're trying to help and share insights and wisdom <clears throat> and truths uh, that will shore up and make families stronger, that will point help families point others to the Lord as we kind of close this out and my, you know, the whole podcast is coping with crisis and you are equipped to be, I, I this is, I'm throwing this at you. So listen, I totally mm. get if you get stumped. So we'll pause if we <laughs> have to, but I would love for you to kind of leave us with some sage. You've given great points, but kind of encapsulate all of that into like something they can chew on and put on a post-it notepad. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I, I wanted to just add briefly as you're trying to consider uh, grace and steadfastness and these invitations in your home is the fact that self-control is something that we lose and gets depleted throughout the day. So at nighttime, kids may, may be even more out of control. And give yourself grace, not comparing yourself to other parents on social media or anywhere else. Be present with your kids. There are a lot of nervous things, a lot of emotions they don't know how to, how to, how to handle. But know that, that devices, uh, technology, entertainment depletes self-control even more so than, than the normal rate of depletion of self-control, in in, in, especially in kids. And so uh, you may think, hey, I'll just put them on. Uh, have them be on devices for several hours. Just know down the road you will have to, to pay for that on their level of self-control and being able to manage their moods. Mm. And so having balance in your home is really good. And I'll give three points of 
of just real practical balance things. One is look for independent things that your kids can do. Some jobs, helping around the house, uh, some practical chores and moments of independent, maybe reading or having time on their own. Uh, and then uh, together time with structure, providing structure and uh, boundaries and limits and, and uh, spouses. You may have to do some negotiating on that because there's some disagreement maybe on that with different personalities, but write those down, come to agreement, present those, be clear, be consistent with those. And then the other one is really being available to your kids, showing affection, showing playfulness, uh, liking towards one another, patience. Those, those are the fruits of the spirit, bringing that out, that involvement with your family and engagement is going to be key during this time. You don't want to miss it because the demands will return. Yes. And this is an opportunity for you to really lean into your family and maybe reset a new beginning for your family. So don't don't let that pass by. This is a great opportunity for that and maybe some much needed structure that hasn't been there. Mm. But just know that we do we do have some great resources at Focus on the Family through focusonthefamily.com/parenting and uh, we've we continue to add content there. We also have plugged in where if you're going to consume some online content, they have movie reviews, t- online TV reviews, music reviews, everything to help you as a parent make wise decisions on uh, consuming that content. And then we have uh, other resources like Clubhouse Club Junior with, with great Bible puzzles and, and devotionals for your family. Uh, we we want to give you as much as possible as parents so you can help your children thrive. And then I have a, a seven traits of effective parenting assessment it's well-researched. It's based on a lot of research and off of Deuteronomy 6, uh, these seven traits that uh, you can uh, assess yourself on, free assessment online there, and then uh, go through the, the emails to help you uh, really work on those seven traits or, or bless your family with them. Uh, and and uh, if you just work on those seven during this time, you'll, you'll gain something really special for your family. Oh, that is wonderful. All right. Just because I don't want anybody to miss this and uh, tell us how you get that set, the seven traits of effective parenting. Is that visiting your site or through focus? Where exactly can they find that? Yeah, two different ways. You can go focus on the family.com slash parenting and find it there. It's featured there or, or you can go directly to it at focus on the family.com slash seven traits, the number seven and then traits. And then uh, my book on that will be coming out this fall. Uh, it goes into much more depth with that. But right now you can take the assessment and begin the journey of, of working on those seven. Well, let me ask you, that's a great question. Um, Cause my book, I understand that whole book publishing process. When will yeah. your book be available for pre-order? Uh, it's, it's available now on pre-order Amazon and our bookstore. Awesome. So tell us how, tell us how to pre-order it with the focus on the family at the focus on the family bookstore. Yeah. The family focus on the family store online store you can see it there uh, i believe they have the table of contents okay you can read a little bit about it uh and if not amazon and uh yeah it's it's uh it, it the assessment itself is is such a great beginning we keep adding content uh underneath uh, so if you sign up through the assessment and you 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 at least take that if you don't want to buy the book or don't have money to do so uh just know we when it comes out, there will be uh, we'll be giving some of those out as well, just from focus on the family, help you guys as parents. But if you can't do any of that, at least going through the assessment and then getting the emails uh, sent to you 
that's going to have video content and then what, how you can use your strengths in your home uh, uh, that, that the assessment says. And then any weaknesses you may have, how to begin to grow and address those. And then, yeah, of course, the book goes into much more depth. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. Um, what a great tool that's going to be to help parents because the crisis is going to be over, but the children will still be around and we want to yeah. keep them around. I often say as we close up, we want our children to want to come back for Thanksgiving dinner and not be guilted. We want our children to call and check in on us because they care about us, not because it's like, I got to call mom. And I believe that there are things specifically we can do. I love your three points. You know, look for independent things they can do in this time. You know, have together time. Be available. It's all a balanced approach, but it's also one thing. The theme I keep hearing you say is be present be mindful, be prayerful, and be intentional. So thank you for being uh, a guest on the Equipped to Be show, especially for the special edition of uh, Coping with Crisis. I'm so grateful that you were able to fit us in your program. And uh, for my guests, you can check you can check Daniel out. Uh, like you said, he's at Focus on the Family, Vice President of Parenting and Youth. He's got great resources. And of course, you guys know family, Focus on the Family has wonderful resources because they are all about strengthening families. So thank you for this edition that kind of wraps this up and we look forward to the next one. Uh, so have a great day and we'll get through this together. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.